Psychotherapy with Jet Dunlap, episode 26. Kind of reverse the order of how I'd normally start that. I, I frightened myself. I just startled myself with my own intro. How weird. Well, this should be a good indication to you of what this episode's going to be like. The Word Squirrels episodes, you didn't like them from the feedback I got. Not a, not a big fan. Got no comments that were positive. This is not that. This actually has a topic. It is a little more random than the last three, but for some people, the last three were getting a little heavy. So, you know, there's never an intention for me to break up the uh, the ones that are have more gravity, you know, the ones that are a little more message heavy, but uh, it ends up happening anyway. So this one is about social media. <laughs> like you want to hear social media from a guy like me. That's what it's about. And better or worse, that's what you're going to hear. Talks about my journey with it. Of course, there's going to be some stories of my failure because that's what this show is all about. And that's how I make myself feel better. However, I did make a promise in this episode because I've been listening to my episodes where I make promises and I always break them. This episode, I promise, and you'll hear it later, that I don't talk about my age, which is something I always break, and I won't talk about my dead friends. The last episode was dead friend heavy. As you know, I have many friends in the ghost realm, but that is not going to be something I talk about in this episode. Episode 26 is going to start in a minute. I was about to go into it, but I do want you to know episode 27 is going to be a very cool episode. That's going to be one where I have a guest. So a special guest will be on episode 27. So hang in for that one next time. That's not the one you're going to be listening to right now. Right now, you're going to be listening to episode 26, and it starts right now. And your mattress is free. Now, this is something that's going to probably forever amuse me. And it's not just in regards to the podcast. It also has to do with people who follow me on the social media, but don't interact. Do you have these people? Maybe they're family members. I'm lucky enough to not have either of my parents on social media. And so I don't have, uh, I guess, this issue with people who are very close to me. But I'll meet someone at a family event or I'll go out somewhere. Sometimes even sh- people you think are strangers. I'll go to a supermarket at a, out in Mammoth and someone will start talking to me as if I know them. And then I'll realize that I knew them through some connection, through some connection, and they added me on Facebook six years ago, and they know what's up. Oh, hey, it's Jet and Gina. Oh, hey, it's Jet. Someone will say, this actually happened last time when I was in Mammoth. And uh, someone's like, hey, look, it's Jet, and gave me a big hug, and I kind of knew who it was. I knew who it was once I got in the car, but this happens a lot. Now, it's starting to happen with the podcast, and it's very funny. Someone will say something as if I just had a conversation with them about the show. So you're someone I know peripherally. You pick up in a text to me, or in more than more cases than not, it's on Facebook Messenger, and you'll say something that is relevant to my life that I don't remember talking about on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. And it's super current. And I'm like, wait a second. Why do they know about that? Why are they saying this? And it's because they're referencing the show. These are like, and it's okay. I get it. Everyone's different. But these are like kind of social media stalkers. You know, I'll run into a friend of the, I said before, a friend of the family or a friend of my friend. And they'll be like, oh yeah, I know Jet and Gina. You guys were just in this place or you just did this like yesterday. I'm like, that's weird. You've never liked one of my posts. You haven't paid me in the currency of thumbs up that you owe me for the experience of seeing my face. How dare you just start talking to me like we're friends? I mean, we're friends, 
on social media, but this whole picking up where we left off, even though we don't have any conversation between us, maybe ever, it's a bizarre thing. But it plays to the kind of fractional relationships we have now, where maybe you don't need to go out, maybe you don't need to go to your friend's birthday, as long as you feel like they have some kind of communication or interaction with you on social media. I'm a fan of this. I'm a fan of this because of my kind of canned speech is I like knowing about someone I went to grade school and high school peripherally. Like there's this person I knew named Cheryl. She and I went to grade school and high school, high school together. I was kind of in love with her in grade school. And she and I think finally went out, but I wasn't allowed to tell anyone, which is kind of a dick move on your part, Cheryl. But anyway... She has kids now, and her kids are the age that I knew her at, and one of the girls is involved in volleyball, and she used to play volleyball, and that's just kind of interesting. I mean, interesting enough to get one of my coveted likes. So that's what I like about Facebook. I don't need to go to a 20-year reunion to find out what's going on with Michael or, you know, Andrew or any of these people because uh, I see them on Facebook. And I, I, in most cases, I don't need that what I dread, the stop and chat, which, you know, Larry David talks about in Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I dreaded long before I knew it had a name. And he probably didn't even give it the name, but where someone's just walking down the street and they want to talk to you. So if I'm at the gym, I have to change gyms all the time. Or if you see me on the street, feel free not to talk to me because I don't like that obligatory, hey, how you doing? I love the fact that I live on a piece of land where there's no neighbors and no one can talk to me. Although I've been doing a lot of work outside, I was telling you about the fence, but we're doing a bunch of landscaping. People stop and try and have conversations with me from the car. I'm not selling you drugs and I'm not a hooker. So this is an inappropriate conversation and I don't want to have it for those of you driving by in case you're a fan of the show. So these fractional relationships, they have their benefits. There's actually good ones, not just Cheryl, who wouldn't let me tell people that we were going out, even though she wrote me in a letter that we were going out. It's okay. She gave me a little Porsche 911 micro machine, so we're even Steven, but that's, you know, that's something I probably need to get over. (laughs) It doesn't plague me every day. It's probably the first time I thought about it in a long time, or not. Maybe it does plague me every day. Anyway, so these fractional relationships can be good, too. You know, you want to know how you're extended family is and you get to like things or even message people you know if you see someone who has an accomplishment and you're not comparable to them so you're not judging them based on your own failures which would be great uh if it's someone that you don't compete with and you see them do well then that you know you you message them hey man great job on that job that's all i can think of right now great job on that new rake you bought for you know i'm thinking about landscaping so rake is an example like in the last episode where i said hey you want to go fill that dream to rollerblade across the world i don't know when the last time i rollerbladed was but uh i i doubt that that's like a thing that people are thinking about but you congratulate someone when they rollerblade across the world do i need to give you more examples of what you can use social media for so that's good stuff right that's good stuff but there's a flip side and this is the first you're hearing of it right like money doesn't buy happiness, or it does. That was an episode, and I came up with that theory, that whole idea of money either buying happiness or not buying happiness. That's mine. Look it up in the dictionary or look it up on the Google. This idea is mine too. Social media may or may not have a dark side, and uh, you're hearing this first from me. So I'm going to dive into that a little bit. I have been told a long time ago when, when it first came out, MySpace, People are like, you got to get on MySpace, dude. You're one of those guys who'd be super famous on MySpace. And I hear that little, 
hear that? I'm getting my vein in my arm ready for the, for the ego shot. Oh yeah, would I be famous? Would people like me for my face? That might sound like something else. It's just me slapping my arm. But um, I was like, no, I don't want to. I don't want anyone to know what I'm doing. I don't want to know what anyone else is doing. And I stuck with that for a while. And then finally, what happened? This probably happened to you if you were one of these people. Someone said, I'll set it up for you. And they set it up for me. And then what happened was because it had been a while since I was in high school or college, I'm like, oh, hey, look at that dude. He sucks. And it looks like his life sucks. Ha, 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 ha. It's not that sinister, but in my mind, that's what I picture you know, bringing me into that place. And so I did my space and then I had to get my wife to figure out how to do like the backend DOS kind of thing to make my page sing and like have Kanye West songs and you like enter my MySpace page and it's this like super phonic, awesome, incredible. You know, when Kanye West did that song with, uh, with Daft Punk, Stronger something, it was like my favorite song. I, I know this better, faster, harder, no harder. What? stronger something you know the song that was like when you go on my page it was like that it's like you just entered the page what you just entered a page it's like a super awesome nightclub but really it's just a page and it took like 25 minutes to uh to load but i thought it was okay spent a little too much time on it but then when facebook came out sweet sassy mo lassie that was pretty cool too and then at the time i had this job that i was in recruiting so I said, I'll use this recruiting tool. Then I met a lot of cool people. And when I just kept going, it seemed kind of interesting. It's like meet new friends. You know, I was kind of open to that. It was really, it was really kind of fun. Now, because the way the world is, it feels like it's just a place for us to flex our anger towards other groups. And then if it's not that, you start deleting or blocking all your friends who have viewpoints that are different than yours, Right. And then eventually, you're just in a room, in my case, with over 2,000 people who think pretty much like me. And when they don't, they're blocked, of course. Now, I only block people when uh, they have some racist stuff up on there. And I'm not going to go into politics, but uh, let's just say, I won't say whose name it is, but current presidents. So, you know, you don't know who it is. I'm not saying who it is. But let's say you really like that guy and you just don't like anyone who's not white. I'm going to block you. And that's actually happened. That's not just hyperbole. That's like I've done that to like 20 people. And I'm not mean or anything. I don't call him out. I don't start arguments with him. But, you know, I just, I'm going to go out on a limb. I have a problem with white supremacists. So great, Chad. Now you just got rid of your white supremacists who have been listening to your show. Well, I'm sorry, guys, but it, you're, I'm just not a big fan. You, know, you might even say that I'm against it. There I go shooting myself in the foot again. Anyway, Here's what social media has become now. Instagram's a little better, but remember I started this with people saying you're going to go on it, people are going to love your face. I actually went to a meeting at one point. Are you ready for this? At CBS Radford Studios. <laughs> Man, I auditioned to be the host. So let's backtrack a little bit and we'll get right back to that CBS Radford meeting. I auditioned to be a host for the show. I didn't get the lead host thing. They had just gotten a host. I got a co-host thing. Then they decided they liked me more. This is when I was the right time, right place. Maybe. Well, I'm not a host right now, am I? So I guess it wasn't that great. You know it's a jet story. It's going to have a horrible ending. Oh, by the way, two, two things I promise you this week. I'm not going to talk about how old I am because in the episode where I said I wasn't going to say my age, I think I said it three times. And I'm not going to talk about my dead friends. Okay? That's a Jet Dunlap guarantee. So let's see if that lasts two minutes. So I went on this audition, did, got the host, co-host job, ended up getting the host job. Then I had a meeting at CBS Radford, and I was the star of the show. 
I was going around to LA looking at all the cool hot spots. That was my deal. I was kind of like a Ryan Seacrest type. They actually said get a haircut that makes you look more hosty. And I think what they were saying was just, you know, look more like Ryan Seacrest. And I did, and they had like a sound guy and a camera guy, and they had security and all this stuff. So I got to be this host. And one day I go to this meeting at CBS Radford. Now, why was this significant? Why did this feel good? Because the last time or the first time I went to CBS Radford Studios was to work on that 70s show, which I talked about last time. So I was a page and then it came full circle. I go to this meeting with a guy who works there and we're all sitting at a table and I'm the star of the show. Jet, you made it. Jet, it was all worth it. All that pain and suffering. Now you're at the big boy table. I was at the head of the table and we went over all this stuff that was going to go on. There was going to be a person who handled my social media, so I wouldn't have to. It was called JD247 because Jet Dunlap, six hours a day. That's not enough. Ten? No, you're not. I mean, that's not going to fill your Jones for Jet Dunlap. So 24-7, JD247 is what came out of this meeting because someone needed to handle my social media because I was going to be so famous. I went on to host this show for a while longer. You haven't heard of me, so obviously it wasn't very successful. But uh, yeah, I had that media at CBS Rapport. And the only reason I bring it up is that some, I was going to be so famous that social media was going to have to be handled by someone else. And it was going to have to be JD 24-7 because someone was going to have to handle that 24-7. I even asked about that in the meeting. And they had a writer who was working for us and who was going to handle social media. And I'm like, dude, you're really going to have to respond to people for 24-7? They're like, you could be that famous. <laughs> Any hoot. What is social media to me now? What has happened? 40-year-old dude. Oh, my God. Are you serious, Jet? Uh, that was not on purpose. I cannot believe I did that. I am so upset. Oh, can I mean, how long did I last? How long did I last? You go back and you listen and see how long it took between me saying that wasn't going to happen, gave a Jet Dunlap guarantee, and then bam. Now all I have to do is talk about my dead friends, and uh, I've really broken a promise. Right now, I've only broken half a promise. Oh, my God, Jet. Anyway, so what is social media today? Well, I used to say it's a great networking tool. I say that to the people who are like, I'd never do that. That's stupid. I have, and this is true, and I've used the story before. I have made upwards of like 40 grand a year based on connections I made with people on Facebook. Now, that doesn't mean that I pressed a button and 40 grand came out, but the cultivation of the relationship of a person who knew me peripherally on Facebook ended up equating to that much money. So I can't get rid of social media. I used to say it was a necessary evil. Here's the problem. I don't want to care about likes, right? But I care about likes. Why do I care about likes? I started this show and I don't want to care about listeners. So what I've done with this show is I don't look at anything. I don't see the analytics. I don't even want to know how to look at the analytics. I don't want to know anything about what the listeners are, what the numbers are. And I don't. I can avoid it. It's easy. I can upload this. I can do everything I have to, and I never see anything. I'm admitting to you that I care about likes because I saw this as another way to promote my interest in the entertainment industry. Why not? That's what everyone told me. I'm talking about sitting down with agents and managers and publicists. I actually talked to a publicist out in Beverly Hills. So this is not something that I did out of an ego move. It was actually the opposite. My ego hurts more going on social media than anything. And it's not that people are like insulting me. Most of the stuff is complimentary. So I would have people say, you're going to become viral. And in the 80s, that meant something quite different. It wasn't a good thing. They made this movie, Philadelphia, about a guy who went viral. But um, 
the new viral is much more positive and they said, you're going to be famous. And then I was with Gina. I mean, I was always with Gina during social media, but people would see Gina and I together and they go, oh my God, power couple. You guys are so sexy. Someone said to me, you guys are so tasty. And they're right. I've tasted us. We're very tasty. This was like two months ago. But uh, I was like, I fall for that every single time. Even when I did the interview that was a catalyst for the show, they're like, oh my God, they, the person who interviewed me is like, oh, you're going to be, you're going to be famous. Now, fame only means to me that I can continue to work and I might actually get a paycheck. That's all it means. I'm not looking to be famous because I want to be famous. There's a lot of people out there who go, I want to be an actor so I can bring money to my cause or I can, you know, do philanthropy. I've met people on set like this all the time. And I'm like, why don't you just not become an actor and go become a social worker and you're actually going to do more good. So don't pretend that's the reason you're going to acting. I want to work in the entertainment industry. And when people said, if you get more likes and more views and then X amount of followers, blah, 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 then you have more relevance to get representation, to get more jobs. That was it. So I want to do it. And I didn't even want to do it. I just did it because that was the deal. So then I start finding out like, hey, if you go at this time on this day and post this kind of thing and use these hashtags, then you're going to get more likes. And it happened. It did. I get a little more likes, get a hundred likes. And I take those likes down to the bank and they give me dollar for dollar on each like, of course they didn't. It was meaningless. It meant nothing. And then it even got worse people started to see Gina. Gina didn't want social media. Gina never does social media. If you have anything liked by Gina on Facebook, it's me. <laughs> now you know. Gina doesn't do social media. But with Gina, it was even worse because people would be like, she is going to be an Instagram influencer. And so a couple of people handled her account. And then I handled her account. She did not become an influencer. She had nothing to do with it. So it's no disappointment for her. She doesn't care. I mean, she wants to be an actress because she likes acting. She doesn't want to be an actress because she wants to be famous. She just enjoys the process. She's actually very pure that way. It's kind of amazing. If you met her, she's like, right now, she's doing hard labor. <laughs> Not in Sam Quentin or anything like that. What a funny choice of words. She's actually just up, up, because I'm in the basement. She's upstairs on the grass. Oh, I'm loopy. On the grass? I don't know what she's doing, but I know she's doing labor type stuff, probably difficult, so hard. And, uh, in our yard, it's like 100 degrees. So she's the opposite of a social media influencer. She won't sell herself to get likes. Not that there's anything wrong with that, because if your goal is to be in the entertainment industry, then if that works, then it works and good for you. But why do we care? You know, these aren't people I'm interacting with. These aren't people I like. These aren't people I know. Why at one point was I going around liking specific things that were hashtagged to the company that I was trying to promote just to get more likes? For what? One of my pages has like, it had 10,000 followers on Instagram and now it has like six. And for a second, I thought maybe this will go viral, you know, or bacterial or airborne. And uh, it, it didn't, it got a little higher and then I spent my time on it. But what does this do to us psychologically? For the people who aren't getting like called out. Now I'm not getting called out because I don't put anything questionable online, but what does it do when something gets less likes than you expected? It chips away at our fragile little monkey minds. You decide, oh, well, that person... I mean, again, I'm over-dramatizing this. I don't actually, at this point in my life, spend that much time thinking about it. But I see how it affects other people. And it did at one point affect me because I was full-time trying to be an actor, right? So literally, are you ready for this? My agent and my manager would ask me, what's going on with my social media? 
Like that was important because they want you, this is so funny, they want you to market yourself entirely and then they just want to cash the check. So what happens? What happens if you are now viewing yourself through the lens of this avatar that you've created online? You can now have your feelings hurt by people without leaving the comfort of your own home. Isn't that hilarious? Imagine if they advertised that on an infomercial in the 80s. Do you like having your feelings hurt? Do you like being crestfallen? Do you like being rejected by people you're interested in while you're sitting at home? Facebook. Feel miserable from a phone in a bathroom. Not great. And this is a great podcast because I have no answers. I have no answers for this whatsoever. I think it's kind of going to be impossible to just take it down. When I go on a LinkedIn or I go on anything else where I'm applying for, my wife just uh, put me up for this auditiony thing and... Ugh, to do that again. Lame. But she did. And um, I don't have any headshots, even though I have like $10,000 worth of cameras. I just don't want to, I mean, think about this, guys. I don't even want to deal with it. I don't even want to like look at my face and go, that face is better than that face. <laughs> that was not a duck. That was like me pretending to shoot myself. Uh, don't worry. My finger gun wasn't loaded. Or I, or I wouldn't be talking to you. If my finger gun was loaded, I'd be dead. I just... I don't want to deal with that, the whole headshot thing. But again, necessary evil. So what do you do? What do you do? You can't unplug from it because it is a part of jobs. It is a part of your social life. It is a thing that if, I mean, I remember when I was going to go off Facebook, I did. I went off Facebook for a couple of months. I was getting texted by people I hadn't heard from in forever. And they're like, oh my God, what's going on with you, Jed? Are you okay? Where are you? I actually haven't been interacting on Facebook that much to begin with because I just... I don't like where it's going. And I don't really have a really clever, cool, fun way of talking about why I don't like it, but I just don't. I just don't. It feels like it used to be more recreational and more entertaining, and now it's not. It's just kind of like the news that I told you I cut off the news in every way. Obviously, newspaper, which who gets that? Dinosaurs. And uh, Apple News, and then we haven't had TV for so long, so I don't get the news anywhere. But then I'm getting the news through Facebook, so I can be saddened by the news on Facebook. And I'm not saying stay uninformed. I mean, that's fine. I think staying uninformed is just fine. As long as you're recycling, you're doing a good thing. I mean, you're living a pretty decent life. You're not going around punching babies in the face. You know, you punch them in the tummy where the parents can't see. Just kidding, don't punch babies. But my point is, if you're living a moral life and you're a good person, if something horrible happens or something happens in the news that affects you, someone's going to tell you. Okay, so you don't have to watch the news. It's not you're not being irresponsible by not paying attention to the news. But I ignore all that stuff because I take care of my own world. I take care of the planet as much as I possibly can. And uh, I'm responsible. So I don't need to worry about the news. But still, I get it through Facebook or someone will text me. And it's like, ugh, I don't like that. That's sad. That's depressing. Why do we plug into these things that end up being a source for sadness? Moral to this story. Moral to this story, guys. What is this episode about? Well, I think it's clear. Nothing. There you go. You were bound to have a nothing one. There were three with substance. Why would you want this one to have that same thing? I just kind of bitched about social media. But maybe there was some insight in there. And you can tell by the fact that I lowered my voice a little bit that uh, I'm hoping there was. Next time, on the next episode, if I'm not mistaken, we're going to have a very special guest, a good friend of mine. And this will be our first real guest of the show. How exciting is that for you? How exciting is that for me? The guests are coming to me as they come along. So I'm not looking for guests for sure. Uh, because the only guest you should want to hear is the guest of me. 
whatever that means. But we will have a, a guest, so that should be fun. It should be interesting. Maybe you'll learn something. I hope this episode had some kind of substance to it. If not, I hope you were entertained. That was supposed to sound like in Gladiator when he's like, are you not entertained? It didn't. It didn't. And that's just a fact. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next time, friend. Bye.